Welcome to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast. I'm Dr. Shirley North, and with over a decade of clinical expertise in the areas of pelvic floor conditions, lymphatic conditions, and chronic neurological diseases, I have a wealth of medical knowledge that I want to share with you all. In this podcast, I will answer the most common questions I receive from clients, family members, and fellow clinicians. Our purpose is not only to answer questions, but to educate you so you can make the best decision for your optimal health. This podcast is perfect to listen on your way home from work, while you're on your daily walk, or just taking 15 to 20 minutes for yourself. Again, welcome to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast and get ready for us to guide you to optimal health. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Today is going to be the basics 101 about our pelvic floor. So, yes, we're going to be talking about that area. No, this is a podcast just for real brief and simple basic knowledge of what a pelvic floor therapist like myself look at talk about the common things that we discuss with our clients so by listening to this you will be able to gather some really good information and can tie it right on into your day-to-day life to really optimize your pelvic health. Um, so a lot of things that we're going to cover, right? So we want to first talk about what is the pelvic floor, right? What are the, the basic things I need to know about that area? So yes, a little bit of anatomy here, guys. First of all, everybody has a pelvic floor. This is not just for those with a vagina. This is not just for those that are in childbearing years and postpartum. Guess what? You develop a pelvic floor in utero. And whether that has male or female genitalia does not matter to us as pelvic floor therapists. Um, There is a huge shift within physical therapy to go from the nomenclature of women's health to more pelvic health, okay? Because we really understand, and for a future podcast, guys, will be um, male pelvic health concerns and, and basic knowledge there. But here, this is just super, super general, basic 101 of the pelvic floor. So where is it, right? So our pelvis is the keystone it kind of looks like one right i'm like a big arch in the middle you know brick of that arch is that keystone this area for the human body is the keystone is the center of our mass it comes right at the end of our spine and right in the beginning of our legs so yes it is right there it is comprised of yes bones you have your sacrum, your coccyx, your pelvic bones, okay, there. You also have muscles and ligaments, tendons, nerves, arteries, veins, lymphatic system in that area as well. So there's a lot going on in that area. And again, men and women both have a pelvic floor. The 
muscles are ever so slightly different between those with male versus female genitalia. And again, we'll get into that in a different podcast. But for the most part, it's pretty darn similar, okay? And there are a lot of larger structures that are attached to that area. So when we think of our hip joints, those hip muscles from the front, the side, and the back attach at that pelvic region. Um, your abdominals, we actually have four layers of abdominal muscles. They also attach in the pelvic region. We think of our back, okay, and our glutes. They attach there. And when we think of all these muscles in the middle, right, there's often this um, myth that our core is just the abdominals. So from what I just mentioned, actually your core is four um, bigger muscle groups together. So when you think of core, you want to think of more of a cylinder instead of just a one-sided, just the abdominals. So if you think of a cylinder like a like a soda can, right? In the front are the abdominals. In the back are your very deep back muscles that are like stabilizers, okay? Your multifidae, if we're going to get into a little anatomy there. Your transverse abdominis, which is a big group of your abdominal muscles that span across. And it's the big uh, stabilizer muscle of the ab region. On the top, of that soda can core cylinder diagram is your diaphragm. Okay, your breathing diaphragm, your respiratory diaphragm. It's a huge, big umbrella muscle. That's super, super important. When we talk about the bottom of your core is your pelvic floor or the pelvic diaphragm. Okay, so Take away that one little nugget of information of your core is four muscles, one of which is your pelvic floor. So when someone says, oh, yeah, I'm going to do my core workout and they're just doing their abs. Guess what? They're not touching those other three groups and they're not really working their core. And honestly, they're doing a disservice to their pelvic floor because your pelvic floor is so, so very important. Okay. And so. What does it do, right? Those pelvic floor muscles. So now I'm trying to take a step back. I'm just looking at the muscles because as as physical therapists and pelvic floor therapists, we need to know, yes, all those structures that are within that area, but we are the muscle um, and function expert of that muscle group, right? So we're the musculoskeletal experts. And so, but the functions of the pelvic floor is number, you know, there are four main functions. We're looking at the support, right? So it is supporting those internal organs that your urologist, the gynecologist, the urogynecologist, um, the, you know, for your uh, GI specialties too, those specialists look at the organs that are within the area. The pelvic floor muscles and the ligaments, the tendons, the fascia, that soft, uh, like that connective tissue, it kind of helps hold everything together, helps support. So in that pelvic diaphragm, pelvic floor, 
help support all of those organs that are in that region. Also, urinary function. There's vowel function and sexual function. So yes, we do talk about sex. Now, it is not our role as pelvic floor specialists to let you know exactly what sexual position and everything that you need to do. No, no, no. That is not our role here. Our role is to make sure that the function of the pelvic floor muscles are doing what they need to do so that way there is no pain with intimacy, that you can tolerate a external internal pelvic exam. And again, that's not just for those with a vagina. There's also rectal exam, right, that those with a uh, penis may need to have to do for colonoscopies and prostate checks. So that is a very important thing to understand. There are muscles and ligaments and tendons, just like any other joint in the body, that needs to make sure it can contract, it can relax, it can be coordinated for the function that's intended for that area. And so there are some other really basic things that we talk about with our clients within the pelvic health realm. As you now can um, understand is all those muscles, those joints, those ligaments, those tendons, all that function in that area. What is the functional thing, right? Is our breathing, our posture, right? So as a therapist, as a physical therapist, I'm looking at how someone is breathing. That diaphragm up top of the core, the abdominal muscles in the front and the pelvic floor muscles on the bottom, are they all moving the way they should be? Are we holding our breath and trying to keep everything together? Are we sucking it in? You know, there are a lot of things and a lot of um, like automatic things that we just tend to do, like hold our breath when we're picking something heavy up. Guess what, guys? Basic 101, don't do that. <laughs> Make sure you breathe out um, when you're lifting. And we're going to save that for another podcast. But we look at your breathing technique, making sure that entire core is functioning. You want to make sure your posture is set up. So your pelvis, when you are sitting, which a lot of us are tend to do nowadays in the car, you know, listening to this podcast, um, or when, you know, a lot of us have a desk workstation, ergonomic setup is huge. Um, oftentimes I'm looking from, you know, not only from the feet up, but when they're sitting, I'm looking at from the pelvis up. Are their feet well supported? Are their pelvis, are you sitting on your sits bone, that kind of bony part of your butt? Not your coccyx, not your tailbone, but the really kind of bony part of your backside. We want to make sure we're sitting correctly. Our posture on the top of our spine is doing well. And it's amazing how your pelvic floor muscles, with that change in position of your pelvis within your posture, that also changes the tension or the pull or the availability of those pelvic floor muscles and turning on and or relaxing for those other kind of functions. Like what's another place we sit? Hmm. We all sit on the toilet, right? So some of us uh, sit when we urinate. Most of us, if not all, sit when we're having a bowel movement. So 
for those folks that have either incontinent issues or constipation issues, I'm also looking at the posture of how they're sitting on the toilet. Okay. Um, so sometimes that posture in the pelvis, when it's tilted forward versus tilted back, do I need those pelvic floor muscles to be contracted? Do I need them to be more relaxed? Um, and so those are all considerations we're looking at. So breathing, posture, another big one we're looking at is your um, prior orthopedic history within the abdominal region, within the low back, within the hip region. There was a client I had that had an old um, ankle injury and she ended up having an ankle replacement. But because of the lack of range of motion at the ankle, it made its way and the body trying to compensate all the way up her leg and into her knee, into her hip, and then years later, she was developing a pelvic floor issue. And so it was really wild going through that and like, oh my goodness, we need to get some more ankle range of motion so that way the knee can move correctly, the muscles that are attached from the knee to the hip can move correctly, and therefore creating less tension at the pelvic floor. The body has an amazing way to compensate and your pelvic floor is a big stabilizer muscle group. It is not a huge mover muscle group like your quadriceps and your gluteal muscles and some of your abs and your arm muscles. Those are big movers, right? They're really big and they're meant to move that joint, to move that extremity. The pelvic floor is meant to really be a big supporter and a stabilizer. So if it is also trying to be a stabilizer and a mover, something's going to give, right? So therapists, we take a step back and then look at your prior, even like surgical history, right? Is there scar tissue that we need to address that's causing a um, trigger point or, or a scar tissue, a restriction, and we need to help solve that and help release that tension so that way the muscle can do its full performance. So guys, remember a muscle can be tight, but weak at the same time, okay? So we are looking at all those things as pelvic floor basics. We also take an even bigger step back of how the hydration level is like, how much water are you drinking throughout the day? The timing of that intake. Um, we're making sure there aren't any big bladder irritants that can be causing some urinary uh, issues. We take a peek at the dietary a little bit. Now, I am not a registered dietitian. I know when I need to refer out. There are definitely some good basic knowledge of, you know, fibers and insoluble fibers, soluble fibers, and how that makes its way with the hydration for the consistency of stool and bowel uh, movements to make it a little easier. Um, so we do take a quick little, you know, glance at that. Um, if I need to refer out, I definitely do. I have a, I have a good village around me <laughs> for that. But it's a good thing just to be like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense if I'm really filling up my body with bladder irritants and with really 
um, you know, hard fibrous things that I'm not really helping soften up with some good hydration um, or some soluble fibers, then wow, yeah, no wonder I'm having some of these pelvic floor issues. All right, so we just want to press upon that the pelvic floor, everybody has one. Everybody has muscles there that need to be looked at to make sure they're doing what they need to do. Taking a step back, looking at the posture, looking at how you're breathing, looking at your hydration and dietary considerations, looking in the past to see, hmm, was was there a postpartum issue that happened a year ago, that happened two months ago, that happened 20, 30, 40 years ago, <laughs> that was just compensated for all this time. It is not normal part of aging to have urinary incontinence or to have constipation, okay? That is not normal. Everybody's like, oh, well, I'm going to leak whenever I get older. It's just normal. It is not, okay? Basic 101, big one right there. It is not normal to have those kind of symptoms, all right? So I want to kind of help close here with some common misconceptions, okay? Um, that just to kind of help recap some of this basic 101 pelvic floor information. Number one, it is just for women or those with a vagina. We now know that is false. Number two, normal part of aging to leak or to have a hard time while voiding. You now know that is false. <laughs> Number three, oh, this is only a postpartum issue. I'm a guy. I don't need to know anything about a pelvic floor. I don't have one of those things. Lie. <laughs> you know that is a fault. Number four, we fix everything by doing Kegels. Big false there. There are some of my clients I never teach a Kegel to because they don't need it. For those of you that don't know what a Kegel is, it is where the pelvic floor muscles, where you activate them, you turn them on, and you try to pull up and in, okay? And oftentimes people think, oh, I'm leaking. I need to just do more Kegels. I'm weak. That's not always the case. As I said earlier, it could just be a tension or a compensation that's happening somewhere else that the pelvic floor is trying to do some work or it's becoming overactive for whatever reason. There are nerves there. Stress also plays a part in pelvic floor function, okay? So we are looking at all of those things, and just doing Kegels is not the answer. Doing Kegels at a stoplight, and that's it, is not an answer, all right? So make sure your pelvic floor therapist really checks everything out, does it external assessment? Does it internal assessment? Really gives you a good picture and a good plan for what you need is very different from somebody else. So some of my clients, they do need to work on some Kegels and some activation of that muscle in isolation. Sometimes they need to have some muscle groups compensate because of certain things that have happened. But it is very individualistic. So Kegels alone are not the answer. And sometimes people are doing them wrong anyways. So we want to make sure we correct that. You want to make sure you're checked out by a pelvic floor therapist. And again, that's for men or women. 
right. And number five misconception. I can just use medication for constipation. Is medication needed? Possibly. But that hopefully now you know that with simple positioning techniques and maybe some relaxation techniques, taking a peek at hydration and dietary considerations can actually help solve some of that constipation issue. So if you have something like that, it is something that a pelvic floor therapist can look at for you. Oh, there's a big one. I do just in case peas. Oh, for some people, we do need to have on a bladder program to help retrain the bladder. Sometimes we need to get them off of the, oh, I'm just, I'm going to do this just in case. Oh, I'm going to, oh, I hear the water. I got to go pee now. So sometimes there are some little psychological triggers that we do to ourselves over time that we have to unlearn to really make sure our pelvic floor can op- can be optimized um, the best. It's normal to pee only three or four times during the day. That is false. The normal frequency for voiding a good basic knowledge is anywhere from six to 12 times during the day. So that's every two to four hours. In the evening, once, maybe twice, especially as we age, um, to me having to get up during the night to urinate. So for those that say, oh, I pee all the time, I give them a urinary, you know, bladder journal. Say, all right, guys, for the next couple of days, I want you to be kind of keeping track of this stuff. And you'd be surprised of when you actually write something down, you actually journal and log it down, what patterns and behavior start to emerge. So that's a really good pelvic floor basic 101. If you are having any of these symptoms, log, journal, write it down. Put it in your phone. Um, hmm, how, what am I drinking? How much am I drinking? Did I go to the bathroom that hour? Was it a lot? Did I have a sudden urge? Did I have leakage? Same thing for the bowel side. Hmm, about what kind of stuff was I eating? What frequency was I doing? What consistency was that stool? Was it hard and lumpy? Was it like a soft snake? Or was it really like wet and almost diarrhea looking? Right? So, Write stuff down. Get some patterns there. Take it to your therapist. And we can definitely talk through some good ideas of timing of things. Or maybe, yeah, there are a lot of bladder irritants that are going on. And so here's a big one, especially with hydration stuff. I drink enough water with my coffee, tea, and soup. False, 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 false. (laughs) Okay. Just because the coffee has water in it does not mean you're getting your water intake, okay? Coffee is a diuretic, it is a caffeine, and it also is a bladder irritant. I understand. I'm a mom as well. I need my caffeine in the morning. However, I um, honestly talk to my clients of the amount that they're having. I am a big proponent of I don't like to totally take things away unless it's absolutely medically necessary and we're consulting with your physician about that. Um, However, if you need your coffee, you know, your one cup of coffee in the morning, then you're good. I totally understand. Have it with a glass of water. I really need to have my glass of wine like twice a week just to like relax. Totally get it. Have it with a glass of water. I really love my orange juice for breakfast. I totally understand. 
have it with a glass of water. So you are still enjoying that that beverage, but being able to help dilute it for your bladder will really help reduce irritating your bladder and causing possible urinary issues from your pelvic floor. So that was a lot of basic information, right? But this is why we do, pelvic floor therapists, do what we do and we love doing it. It is an amazing amount of education and knowledge that that comes with the territory that we would love to share and to individualize it to your needs. So if you have any questions of regarding this basic 101 pelvic floor knowledge, I'd be more than happy to help answer that for you or point you in the right direction. Feel free to um, email me at snorth at northstardpt.com. I would love to be able to feature some of those in a future podcast. Um, but yes, this was a lot of knowledge all at once. Don't worry, guys. There'll be other podcasts here in the um, coming up of detailing each one of those out. Um, but know that here is definitely an area that we don't want you to be shy to talk about with your physician, being advocate for yourself, saying, hmm, this is not normal. And you know what? I know where I can go. I can go to a pelvic floor therapist in my area to get that taken care of or at least somebody to take a peek at it and to point me in the right direction to help me get me on a good um, plan and treatment and wellness for myself. Pelvic floor therapy is a huge growing uh, field within physical therapy and I think it's wonderful. It's beautiful. We all need to be able to be comfortable talking about it. It is a safe space that pelvic floor therapists um, do their best and hold your dignity to the highest standard. And we want what's best for you so you can live your life optimally, including within your pelvic floor region. So I hope you enjoyed this lovely information. Feel free to connect with me. And on to the next podcast. I will see you guys soon. Thank you all so much for listening to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast. Continue to follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Shirley North. Check out my website at www.northstardpt.com or I encourage you to email me any other questions about these topics and it can be featured at a future podcast at snorth at northstar.com dpt.com. Again, thank you all so much. And thank you for letting North Star Physical Therapy be your guiding light to your optimal health.